0: welcome to mini episode 214 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have one spooky story for you today and it comes from September the 27th 2022 and this story comes from Tatum. My baby brother was born in November of 2004 to my dad and stepmom Tina. At the time we were living in a two-story house that was previously owned by a police officer. My parents did notice some things around the house that they found strange but didn't think much of it. We moved in a few months before my brother was born, so we were all pretty new to the house. She remembers that one day when he was still one or two months old, she put him down for his usual nap. The nursery was upstairs, in between the master bedroom and mine. There was a fourth room across from mine that my brother moved into once our sister was born two years later, but we don't remember anything happening in there. The nursery was set up so that when you walked in, the crib was on the left wall with the slats in it facing the right side of the room. She remembers that she was home alone with my brother and our dog that day and it was cold. Since my brother was born in the winter months, she had been putting a blanket over him to keep him warm. She would lay it over him gently so as not to wake him up. On this day she realised she had forgotten to put the blanket on him and rushed back upstairs. When she entered the room she was surprised to see that he already had a blanket and a binky. She is certain that she did not give him a binky or put a blanket on him when she had laid him down just a few minutes earlier. While she was fussing over him, trying to piece together how her newborn materialised a binky and a blanket, her stomach dropped. Tina then realised what was so off-putting. The blanket, it was tucked in on all sides around my brother instead of draped over him. She never tucked him in like that, not once for either of my siblings. Our whole family was shocked and none of us could figure out what had happened that day until my brother was old enough to talk. Things got a whole lot stranger when my brother started talking. So I mentioned that we had a pet dog. Her name was Orion, and she was the most well-behaved and loving dog probably ever. Tina had gotten her as a puppy, and the two of them were inseparable. Wherever Tina went, Orion was not far behind. Except the nursery. According to Tina, Orion would not step foot in that room, not even to check on my brother whom she adored. Like I said before, once my brother starts to talk, all the strange happenings around our house start to make some sense. My parents and I all remember my brother turning towards the right back corner of the nursery to wave and say, night night. He would do this almost every night. At first we thought he might just be saying good night to whoever was putting him to bed, and then his room in general, but he only ever looked into the corner. Now, I know how this sounds, just a toddler who is enthusiastic about saying goodnight, but it gets worse. I told you earlier when my baby sister was born, my brother moved into the room across from mine. This was so the room closest to my parents could stay the nursery. So once my sister was born, she lived in there too, except she was scared of whatever it was. Sometimes she would also wave to what we started calling the corner and say goodnight, but she was mostly afraid of it. Tina told me that she would cry at times because she would get so frightened of whatever she could see. Once my sister was around the age of one, she started to suffer from night terrors. She would go from fast asleep to screaming bloody murder at random hours of the night. This continued on almost every night while we lived in that house. I have asked both my siblings and unfortunately they do not remember any of this. They also do not remember what happened after we connected the dots on what may be going on in the corner. My parents were so desperate for peace in their home that one day when my dad was with one of his buddies in around 2009, he told him about their recent plights. He explained my sister's night terrors. He explained that we had found out that our previous owner was a police officer who had turned out to be a paedophile and we had wondered if he had created some dark negative energy in the house. And he told him all about the corner. His buddy is of indigenous American descent and was kind enough to bring his tribe's medicine man to our home to perform a cleansing ritual. On the night that the medicine man arrived at our home, he paused and glanced around the outside of the house, taking note of the tall, roofed entryway. He stared at the five of us for a long time, before telling us about his dream from the night before. He told us that he had dreamt of my siblings and I, with a man and a woman behind us, like we were staged for a family photo. The man was angry-looking, and the woman was smiling with us, though the man and woman he saw in his dream were not the same as our parents standing before him. He proceeded to cleanse the house inside and out. He got every room and circled the entire perimeter of our home. I was sitting in the formal living room adjacent to the front door with my mind racing. The medicine man had confirmed what I had been thinking since we started to notice these weird occurrences. There were two ghosts, a man and a woman, angry and kind. I believed it was the woman who was in the corner at first for my brother and tried to stay for my sister but was being shut down by the man. He was angry and we didn't know why. My dad is a pretty athletic guy, especially back then. He was an avid softball player and excelled at sport all his life. Not someone that you would think would be clumsy. He fell down the stairs at our home twice just feet away from the door to the nursery right next to the loft that served as our computer room each time he was holding a baby the first time it was my brother the second time it was my sister both times he said he lost his footing unsuspectedly on one of the top stairs and landed on his back clutching his infant child to his chest thankfully both times the babies were okay and his bum was just a little bruised. Now, I'm not saying something pushed him, but it is strange that it happened twice under similar circumstances with two different babies in a confirmed haunted house. I'm just saying. When the medicine man was done cleansing the house, he sat back down with us and gave us an eagle feather we were to hang over our front door to ward off spirits. He then handed Tina a small turquoise stone and explained that it would ward off bad spirits and we should keep it in the house with us. After the feather was in its place, the medicine man told us that when he arrived, he saw what looked like blood dripping down the exterior of our house. The cleanse he performed was to remove the evil energy from our home, and the feather and the stone were to keep them out. We are forever grateful to my dad's buddy and his medicine man who both showed us nothing but kindness in our time of need. My parents unfortunately lost the house in the US market crash, and we had to move out just a year later. Although they do still have the eagle's feather and turquoise stone by the front door, two houses and 13 years later. They are still at the entrance to our home even though they are not as strong since they are not in the house where the ceremony was performed. After the cleansing, my sister's night terrors decreased in frequency, so we hoped that meant that it worked. Thankfully, we never had to find out if it did ever stop working. Another story I have is about my mom's mom, my nanny. She was my best friend. I loved her so much and I was devastated when in 2010 we lost her to a heart attack. I was a mess, I cried my heart out for days. She was lost to us unexpectedly while recovering from a hip replacement surgery. I remember being so torn up about the fact that she had died in a hospital. Back then I was of the opinion that no one could die in the hospital since they only make people better there. Our first Thanksgiving as a family that year was full of tears. She was truly the centre of our family, she was the glue that held us all together. Family events have never been the same without her, and that first time where she wasn't there to kiss all the kids was so hollow. We were seated at the dining table, with all of our untouched plates struggling to get through the obligatory thanksgiving prayer without starting the waterworks. Everyone was accounted for at the table, even the pets looking for any chance of table scraps when during the silence of prayer we heard a sudden crash come from the bathroom. I jumped up out of my seat, first to investigate with my dog at my heels. We ran to the bathroom to find a candle on the floor. The candle normally rested on a large rectangle plate set on the tank of the toilet and it had miraculously crashed onto the ground. The plate was fine, still sitting on the tank, and the candle's glass hadn't even broken. When I told everyone, we all giggled and joked that it was Nanny that had come to tell us she was still with us even though we couldn't see her. And I would seriously love to end on that note, but thanks to divorce, no seriously thank you, I have a lot of family. I even had an extra Nanny. She was Tina's mom, and her dad was my papa. She was the kindest woman to ever walk the earth. She made the best biscuits and gravy with wonderfully fluffy scrambled eggs. Nanny Biula had the nickname Ladybug. She was sweet and cute just like them and she came to all of us as ladybugs when we were feeling down. We lost her after she had beaten leukemia. She lets us know she is okay all of the time though. Whenever I am feeling particularly down or upset she sends me a ladybug to let me know she is here for me still. A couple of months after I started dating my partner we went on a road trip to the Grand Canyon. While we were there eating ice cream and looking out over the canyon a ladybug landed on his shirt, almost as if my nanny was trying to tell me that she approved of him. I knew he was the one after that, and we continued to see ladybugs frequently, even in times when we least expect them. Something else I found out about my nanny and my papa today, when I was talking to Tina, is that her parents are passing down their luck to her and my dad. She told me that my nanny and my papa always used to talk about how whenever they fell on hard times, money-wise and were unsure if they could make it to the next day, they would always somehow find money to help out. She said it has happened with her and my dad a few times as well. The money always comes from a random place too. An example she used was a refund from an overpaid medical bill. Oh, and again, we've got another story that starts with some creepy children. No offence, Tatum. I'm sure your siblings are very lovely and very non-creepy, but it is creepy it's just fundamentally creepy when kids are, like, saying goodnight to the corners of the room, waking up screaming, having night terrors. It's not a vibe. You know, what are they seeing? You know, what are what are these little kids seeing? Could we? Could we all see things when we were younger and we just don't remember or we don't realise we were seeing things? That's the bit that freaks me out, you know? When you think about, we have all these stories about kids who are seeing dead relatives, they are seeing shadow people, they're whatever it is that's happening to them. And then they just don't remember it. They just move on, get over it. Like, have we all had some version of these experiences and we just don't remember them? Like, let that sink into your brain. What about, what if the things that we dream about or experience when we're younger that everyone is like, oh, it was just a dream, it was just your imagination. What if they weren't? What if they weren't? I think whatever ritual this man did in your home sounds like it was really effective because it sounds like things kind of were positive from that point onwards the night terror stopped. I mean, I'd be keeping that eagle feather and that stone as well. I'd be like, listen, (laughs) that is being surgically attached to me because I am not taking the risk of not having that with me at all times, for sure. And, you know, in terms of your nanny, like I've said it once and I'll say it again. If it brings you closure and it brings you peace, that's what's important. And I think that loved ones will find a way to let them to let their their loved ones know that they're okay, that they're safe, that they're happy, that they're still around, you know. And I'm not going to lie, I wouldn't mind it if some of the loved ones that belong to me that have passed on would um give me some of their money luck, please, or any sort of any any sort of financial gain from the afterlife would be would be well received and well accepted. So that would be great. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Tatum for sending in your story. Remember, Tatum's story came from September the 27th, 2022. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free free. And on that note, I shall see you next time.